Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Jensen Reed, composer, musician, artist, all-around nice guy, and Ben Giroux, who since today is comic book day, was probably stacking the shelves at his parents' shop. Also actor, writer, voice actor, and all-around nice guy. Gentlemen, how are you today? Excellent. Thank Doing you great so much for having us. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me. Uh, last time I spoke with Ben was at WonderCon. We were talking about Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that was a great time. Yes, it was chaotic at that at that con, as I recall. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, but it's it was a fun it was a fun event. The movie was great. I watched it again the other day. Uh, you guys have ventured out again and doing another throwback. First, it was a year and a half to two years ago with Back to the Nineties. And now you do one for the 80s. In two years, are we going back to the 70s and just keep going through the 20th century? <laughs> well, it's funny. We've, we've gotten tons of activity on this, uh, on this latest music video of ours. And uh, most people are geeking out about the idea of us doing the 2000s next. <laughs> Is it sad that the year 2000 was almost 20 years ago? It's crazy. It freaks me yeah, out. A little, little depressing. all these... We keep doing four by three footage, and uh, and that one would have to be HD. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, you could just keep going back all the way up until you know the 1920s, and then flip everything again and start at 2000. Exactly. Yeah. Except everything will be recorded on flip phones for that one. <laughs> be tough. Yeah. So, what was I mean? You know, children of the 80s. You know, 80s, we had the best uh, toys, I'm not going to lie. 90s had some of the best cartoons with that resurgence, with Tiny Toons and the Batman animated series and everything else. What is it about revisiting these two decades specifically that allowed us to be the last generation of basically having fun without our entire lives documented that everyone wants to go back and check out? Yeah, I think that was one of the things that we, when we did back in the 90s, um, we all live in kind of a strange time these days, for lack of a better word, and it we just hit hit the chord. We hit the nostalgia chord of of simpler times, like you mentioned, that everybody kind of yearns for that that simpler time. So these decades in particular, I'm a little older than Ben. Um, it's cool because we experienced these decades in different ways. Like in the 90s, I was a teenager and Ben was younger, and in the 80s, Ben was a baby and I was like a little kid. Um, so we had different references. Um, and look, these are the ones also obviously in pop culture that have had a huge resurgence from Stranger Things to um, I saw the new American Horror Story uh, billboard that's about 1984, like slasher films. And it clearly is something that people are interested in. So once we did the 90s and it had such a massive success, we had a bunch of people saying, well, you got to do the 80s next. And we knew we did. It was just a matter of how do we pull this off because we needed to go bigger and better uh, if we were going to do it. And hence the, the two-year timetable. But, um, yeah, we, we loved everything one, about both these decades. I was going to say, one of, the, one of the advantages we had of this 80s music video in comparison to our 90s one is that I think the 80s were a little more ridiculous with the visuals. Bigger hairstyles, crazier wardrobe. Um, you know, when we did our 90s video, we I don't think we wore too many wigs in it. Uh, and then conversely, with our Back to the 80s video, uh, I mean, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of wigs, many of which were mullets. 
I think I think there's bigger, broader, crazier visuals, um, which which allowed us to make what I think is a more epic uh, sequel music video. Right, where Jansen and I are closer in age, so I know what he's talking about. You know, being in the '80s as a uh, uh, you know little kids and not and not babies. So, I, you know, but like Kari Walgren was praising it, and she's in that slot her ba- cover band where they do all like. Mark Slaughter and like 80s hair metal stuff. So she was praising you guys for this as well. And you guys just had fun with it and going back to the throwback rap versions that were going on. Uh, was the budget bigger because of the success of the first one and that you got to do more of this go around? Well, you know what's interesting is we. Uh, do you want to take it, Jensen? No, go ahead. Sorry, sorry to step on you. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, I, I think. Um, you know, ultimately, we tried to find some sponsors and brands, but as you try to incorporate more companies into these fashion projects, you start to lose a little bit of the, the sort of um, creative direction that you want to take things in. So um, ultimately, we didn't – this is still a fashion project, just like back in the 90s was. Um, you know, we're funding all of these ourselves, uh, definitely breaking the bank. This absolutely was more expensive than back in the 90s. I think what our ultimate goal is for our music uh, meets comedy partnership is uh, more branded campaigns. We want Pepsi or Coke or Verizon or a large company to come to us and say, hey, like, uh, you guys are like the new Lonely Island. We want you to sort of take your hip-hop comedy and conceptualize something for us. So that's ultimately where I think we're going to be able to monetize things, but um, for our passion project, it's, it's all out of pocket, and wow. it's only because of our incredible, hardworking production team. Uh, this one in particular was 200 people deep of the amount of people that worked on it um, tirelessly over the course of six months filming it and two years for the full uh, concept of the video to come to come to life. Wow. So what was easier, conceptualizing the video or writing the song itself? I'll take that one. I think, you know, with starting these, Ben and I come up with, which we're about to do for the 2000s, we put our heads together and, um, and like I mentioned before, this is why it works well is because we both experience these decades in different ways. Um, but we come up with these massive lists that, you know, whether it's toys or music, pop culture, movies, TV, we have these big lists and then I get cracking on the track. And I think fundamentally, the song, I don't know if one's harder than the other. I think they present challenges in different ways. But ultimately, before we dive into production, we have to have a really good song because that's we're trying to make that our calling card. I think another major reason that Back in the 90s has such success and that 80s is off to a solid start is the music is great and hooky and catchy. And that is the most important thing underlying all of the ridiculous production. So, yeah, Ben and I, I, you know, the other challenge, um, my production partner, Christian Han, on the first one on Back to the 90s, like, if you want to, this was admittedly not my idea, but he's like, if you really want to go all out, you should try to figure out how to put all the genres of the 90s into one track. And it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's that's an amazing idea. And I think that, too, kind of leads to the the interesting sonic scape that we have. So that was the same thing. It, it's a long process writing the song even before we get to the the video because there's so much collaboration um worked with five other writers on this some some of whom are like like specific 
geniuses in their in these crafts. Like my buddy Scott Simon, who's uh, an amazing pop writer, he loves 80 synth pop. So he knocked out the bridge for us. Um, so yeah, and then once we're done with the you know, whittling down all the, the references into lyrics and Ben is great at punching up, you know, lyrics and jokes and punchlines. Um, then we start thinking about production, but the track has to come first and it's, it takes a while. Right. And then once the, the track is done, then we sit down with our whole production team and we say, okay, well, how, you know, the, the conceit of back in the eighties was how could, is it even possible to, uh, take a, a song and create a different iconic setup for every half of every line uh, in the lyrics themselves. Uh, we didn't even know if it was visually digestible, let alone producible. Uh, and we sat down and said, okay, well, how can we uh, do this in as few locations as possible, but maximize the physical locations we're at to uh, act like uh, there are as many locations as they are. So, you know, we were on a back lot. Uh, we were on a soundstage. Um, we were in a gym. I mean, the amount of locations that we went to, the amount of iconic vehicles from the 80s we were able to source. We got the, the DeLorean time machine from Back to the Future. We got the kit car from Knight Rider. Uh, we had our wardrobe department sourcing, uh, I, you know, um, authentic wardrobe from the 80s for months, particularly for our 1984 prom hairband choruses. Um, so it was a massive undertaking, and all of our departments uh, crushed it. Camera, lighting, um, hair, makeup, wardrobe. Um, and I think the biggest part of the process for me as a director was pulling reference images of all of our specific visuals that we were trying to recreate and sitting down with our DP and our production designer saying, okay, well, how did they light it in the 80s? How did they build this set? Uh, and how can we come close to that? Um, you know, I think back to the Ghostbusters theme, we – we built our own custom ecto packs wow. to, to mimic the exact ones that they used in the movies. Um, our Pee-wee's Playhouse scene, we had our production designer literally construct a, a corner of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Um, and, and I think that was one of the conceits of the project was, let's try to do this as practically as possible using as little green screen as possible. And I think we were able to pull it off. I think it works better with the practical because that's what we were so used to growing up. And it's just representative of the decade. Now, Jensen, I have to ask you this as a musician. All right. So I love European metal music because it's just so ridiculous. One thing (laughs) I I want us to be able to do as Americans is learn from the Europeans how to have fun with our music. Like, yeah, I brought up metal for this example is that like we'll sit there and it's like Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax. And whatever. And then if somebody does a power ballad, oh, they sold out. But in Europe, it's like, you know what would work right here? An electric bagpipe, an accordion, and a church organ. And somehow they make it work. So, like, how do we learn how to have fun with our music in the U.S.? Because we've been so snooty since the 60s with the hippies. That's an interesting question. I don't know if I have an answer for it, but I I am – look, I love pop music. um, And the Swedes are – like the pop masters have gone like for decades now going back to Max Martin, but really tons of writers over there. And it is so true, man, even, you know, going over to Europe, I've traveled there a little bit, the music scenes and their, their, 
the way they welcome American artists with open arms and just this positive vibe is, is a lot different. The, even the music scene in L.A., which I can't admit to being a huge part of anymore. I used to play out a lot, um, play gigs and stuff, but it's, it's tough. Like, it, there's not really a built-in scene, I think, you know, on the Sunset Strip or whatever. I think downtown there's some there's some action going on and Silver Lake and stuff like that. But I don't know if I have an answer for that, but clearly we aren't taking ourselves too seriously. And, uh, you know, <laughs> as part of having fun of, you know, I've, I've worked on quote unquote serious music for a long time, primarily like pop hip hop stuff and indie type stuff. But, um, these, these songs are a lot of fun because try to keep authentic to the genres, but just being ridiculous. Um, and wet leather, by the way, is, is the name of our, the most ridiculous band you've never heard of, hair band. So I think wet leather would fit on any stage in the eighties and just crush it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can open it's up for Steel Panther. And in back to the 80s. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's very Steel Panther. And, and since I mentioned Wet Leather, I'll give you the quick, the, the way that was named. So we were shooting this prom scene where we're performing over and over and over and over and over again. And these lights were so hot. And our buddy Dirty Hollywood, who wrote the chorus with us and composed everything with us, he's my guy. He was playing guitar and he had a this leather jacket on. He's like, in, in the middle of the take, he's like, dude, I am just sweating so hard i can't like i'm drenched he's like man this the name of this band should be wet leather and i looked at him like man that is the greatest hair band name that has never been coined so um we do have wet leather t-shirts available (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's hilarious yeah now ben your parents own a comic shop in phoenix so you grew up with all the nerdy fun stuff already and as you were coming of age in the 90s you were already there when Image took over. What's it like for you now going to these comic conventions where you knew what it was like as a little kid and now as an adult see the explosion and then, you know, you're, you're voice acting in these iconic cartoons based on these comics? Yeah, it, 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 you know, my career has felt very full circle um, and certainly growing up in a comic book store was the genesis of uh, back in the 90s originally, uh, this sort of, colorful, fun-loving, uh, celebratory pop culture childhood that I had led its way into uh, our Ben and Jensen projects. And then, um, you know, the voiceover stuff, too, it's, it's so cyclical to me. You know, I grew up watching Doug and Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy, and then to get my own Nickelodeon show with Kari Waldron, who you referenced earlier, uh, we did Bunsen as a Beast together for a couple of years. Uh, it was just uh, just an absolute blast. And so... Yeah, I think this sort of uh, comic book childhood that I have has has given me this love of nostalgic pop culture that has infused its way into not only my voice career, but certainly my passion projects with Jensen. Right. And that was Butch Hartman's show. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, it was Butch Hartman's last show at Nickelodeon. Yeah. Um, and Kari, Kari's been, you know, a huge supporter of our project and a dear friend of mine. And we've, we've done a, a ton of different television shows together. Um, and so, yeah, I think the, the voiceover thing, you know, we talked about this at WonderCon, but playing, voicing the role of Robin in Batman TMNT, uh, was just such a full circle moment and one that I took very seriously because, you know, there's a, there's a lot of weight to playing that role. So, um, you know, I know the customer base at my parents' comic book store, all about books and comics in Phoenix, Arizona, were 
very excited once uh, once I was able to voice that role and hold finally on. be able to publicize that film. Ben, hold on real quick. Don't rush through your parents' name of the comic shop. You know, you can say it again and <laughs> slow it down a little bit for our fans in Phoenix. <laughs> All about books and comics on Central and Camelback in Phoenix, Arizona. There you go. Hey, your mom and dad put you in the comic <laughs> shop. You know, you're paying it forward and returning the favor to them. So, you know, you got to give them some respect, too, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They are the best. I can vouch for that. Yeah. They're like my second set of parents. Um, so they're awesome. Oh. They, they were at our premiere this past week, and we had a big red carpet premiere for Back to the 80s on Saturday uh, in Hollywood. And my mom's outfit at our 80s uh, premiere was the greatest thing. She was like she was like a little Jane Fonda running around. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was awesome. Basically, she looked like the mom from the Goldbergs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she was rocking her her eighties outfit. Everybody was. We had about five hundred people show up. It was a it was a lot of fun, and we had the DeLorean outside. It was a great way to sort of launch this project. Oh, uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, my friend my friend has a Night Rider himself. Uh, I think season three version, and like the looks yeah, that I, we just get sitting in the, in the Firebird is or the Trans Am is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> like we knew the car is the star of the road. No one no one's looking at us two idiots in there. Yeah, <laughs> but you guys, you know, this collaboration that you guys have together, you've created this band. Um, are you guys going to perform at cons now? Like, you know, I know Dragon Con does a bunch of after parties in Atlanta, you know, uh, L.A. Comic Con's coming up, Long Beach Comic Con's coming up. You know, would you guys like team up with Kari's band and then do like, you know, a 45 minute set together? Well, that's an interesting we idea. We definitely down. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, we definitely talked about the convention thing in the past. It's just a matter of like, you know, making it making it work. Certainly, ones that that are more geared towards nostalgia, I think, are are perfect for us. Um, you know, we just I think there's a nostalgia con coming up that we were just talking to. But I actually really like the idea of collaborating with with Kari's band. I got to talk to her about that. It's a great <laughs> idea. You know, well, you're right. Nostalgia con's coming up end of September. They're going to be in Anaheim, so that's going to be a fun show. I think Dawkins actually performing that weekend. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like you guys are having so much fun with this, and the, you know, this is your pet project. Uh, hopefully, for the 2001, Zima comes on as a, sp- a sponsor. You know, comes back out of Europe and uh, visits you guys. <laughs> yeah. we, it's, it, it's funny we were joking about uh, Limp Biscuit choruses. <laughs> 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 and definitely Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Some sort of Avril Lavigne uh, reference needs to happen in the video. People were geeking out about it. I really think that there's a lot of fun stuff to be mined through the 2000s. The thing that I'm surprised about is that that is actually nostalgia at this point. I feel like right. we just we were just there. Yeah, yeah. But we haven't really evolved from the 2000s except for like the rage of social media. But, like, we have our flip phones since, like, 2001. Everybody's got their phone now. Everyone's got texting and, and photo sharing and everything else. It's just that the last 10 years, social media has taken off. And, you know, it's basically rage sharing at this point. And I wish everybody would rage share my stuff out of just anger, even if they're not mad at me, because that seems to get the most clicks. <laughs> but you know, how can we really be nostalgic yeah, for something a... we're still living? Well, I think there is something there, and it's, I think what you're speaking about is the the exponential growth of technology, you know, in, in all fields, whether it's entertainment or just 
society in general makes everything go so fast. So the, the other thing that I know I, I have like my, um, nephew is, is in high school and I was talking to him. I sent him the, um, the, uh, back to the eighties video wondering because of stranger things and stuff like that, would his generation care about it? Um, he's like, yeah, we kind of know some, he's a gamer too. He kind of knows some, um, some of the things like Knight Rider and stuff like that. He's like, but the two thousands, if you guys do that one, he's like, my whole generation will go crazy for that. Um, so it's mm-hmm. interesting on a different level, you know, we're older, but what is nostalgic to us, the younger generation, the 2000s feels like what the 90s or 80s feels like to us. So we might not be as nostalgic for it, but I think you're exactly right. The the just mass landscape of, of everybody's a photographer, everybody's a musician, everybody has a blog, everybody has a podcast. You know, it's just this white noise everywhere that's very difficult to break through that even in the 2000s, that wasn't there. Right. And there's always stuff to make fun of because <laughs> even in music, you know, fads, fads come and go and fashion comes and go. So I think we'll be able to pull it off. And I, it's interesting that hearing a young young person right now talk about that being super nostalgic to them. Got it. Could this turn into a lo- longer concept album? Like going, like I said, from the 1920s <laughs> to the 2000s, and it's just this 12-track album, or even turned into one continuous uh, musical movie? We love Broadway. that. I mean, one Broadway, that here we come. <laughs> there you go. One of the things we tried to package is this idea of, uh, you know, sort of package of nostalgia-related music videos that we could sort of brand and do as its own little sort of mini digital series online, I will say that we don't want to just be the nostalgic guys, right? Uh, you know, Jensen and I have bonded over a, a very similar sense of humor about a lot of stuff. You know, we've got a music video that we're working on about awkward moments. We've got a sports-related music video that we're conceptualizing. So, you know, while these are certainly our tentpole projects and the ones that are literally built for Internet virality because they're so montage and fast-paced, um, we've got a lot of other uh, projects that don't necessarily have to do with nostalgia, um, but certainly we want to cultivate that uh, nostalgia-hungry audience as best as we can that we've been able to sort of develop. And now, since we've been talking about nostalgia the whole time, what are you two guys most nostalgic for from the 80s and from the 90s? Ben, you can go ahead first. Give me a chance to think. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, gosh. Uh, What am I most nostalgic for? You know, honestly, I sort of referenced it earlier, but one of the biggest things of my childhood that that just is so uh, formative of my... uh, I don't know, the way I perceive media and what got me into acting and a career in entertainment was watching Nickelodeon as a kid. Like, I think back to Nickelodeon animated uh, cartoons and watching Double Dare and watching all of those iconic shows that are now making a comeback. You know, all that just came back. Uh, and then, again, talking about sort of like the cyclical nature of my life, I've done so much stuff with Nickelodeon over the last 10 years that, you know, it's it's... That, to me, stands out just like the stuff that I would consume as a kid uh, that I'm sort of wistful and nostalgic for. But I will say, like, outside of media, the thing that really stands out to me is 
the lack of cell phones and technology. <laughs> you know, you had to remember someone's cell phone. You had to go play with your friends outside in the front yard. Mm. You know, now you walk around and people are, we, we literally referenced this at the beginning of our Back to the 80s video where people's heads are stuck in their phones. Um, and it's a little cliche to say that now, but I, I, I believe it. I think that we all need to, you know, look up from our phones once in a while and, and look each other in the eye and, uh, and connect IRL, as the kids say. <laughs> and so, so I would say that's one of the things that I'm kind of nostalgic for is a, a little bit of a simpler time. Right. But after they've watched back to the 90s and back to the 80s. Exactly. <laughs> On their after, phone. After right. they, <laughs> they crushed those algorithms for us. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And for me, I, I was going to say the exact same thing of like younger, younger days of like neighborhood baseball games, organizing the crew to do ride your bikes to the spot in the neighborhood where you're playing a game outside that wasn't even a thought of technology. And then older, you know, like I was saying, teenage in the 90s, just music, man, like it was the golden age of hip hop. Um, I, for not, I don't want to sound like an old curmudgeon, but man, a lot of the hip hop these days is is not up my alley. I think there'll right. be a full circle and there's some great lyricists, but it's, it's a bunch of garbage to me. Um, many, <laughs> many of those artists, uh, there's like all the littles, uh, Lil Wayne did it first, but now it's, it's crazy. Um, so I think, yeah, just the music and, um, going way back, just, just being outside. We didn't know how good we had it when it was a little simpler. Well, I'll throw in fashion to the nineties mix of, I miss the colorless dress shirts. And vests, whether button-up or sweater vests. You know, uh, you know cartoons and everything. Definitely the Transformers, G.I. Joe, GoBots. Uh, all that stuff was oh, fun. Yeah. And then in the 90s, the resurgence with Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, and all that stuff. Uh, ben, you know, since you work so much with Nickelodeon, what was it like watching all those shows with Billy West and you know, Tom Kenny and everybody else. And now you get to work with them, you know, walking through the studio. Like, is it surreal at this point oh, it's crazy. still? Or is it just, you know, it's ah, crazy. there's Tom. It, it, was, it was absolutely nuts. And it's funny because Jensen and I actually know each other via the voiceover world. We both met at our, our voiceover agency in L.A. And, you know, I remember when I first signed there, you know, 12, 13 years ago at this point, uh, uh, E.G. Daly was one of the first people I met. And I learned after, you know, I didn't really know voice actors at that point when I first started out as a voice actor. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just became friends with Tommy Pickles. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's funny. Voiceover in particular is interesting because if you're not aware of, the, of how people look and what their names are, um, you could be talking to an iconic animated character that you know and love and have absolutely no idea you're talking to them. Um, so I remember that happened to me routinely when I first signed in our voiceover agency years ago. Um, and, you know, like any industry, the more years you spend it, the more you connect with uh, the people that are successful in it. And so, you know, I think Jensen and I have both been very lucky to work with um, just a, a large faction of the voiceover industry and, and people that are that have since become big supporters of our collaboration. You know, our, our whole voiceover community um, are the first to share and tweet and like and, and champion our collaborative projects together. Um, so voiceover really is at the core of our partnership. Nice. And before I let you guys go, who do you guys really fanboy out for musically that you've met? 
and people that you've worked with that you fanboyed out for as well, or still do? Man, do I do I have to have met? The, I haven't met them yet. Okay. Worked with them, but I can still fanboy. I mean, I think on top of my list to work with slash just kick it with for a day is Snoop Dogg. Um, he would be the you know the number one person that I'd love to kick it with. Um, from a music I standpoint, Snoop a month ago. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Ben got to meet him at a at a party. Um, other music stuff, man. Just just some amazing producers and writers. Ryan Tedder comes to mind in the pop world and Pharrell and, you know, I haven't, you know, worked with any of these guys maybe someday, but, um, yeah, I love the songwriting aspect of things and I'm working on my craft, you know, outside of the comedy music to, uh, to just get better at, at writing songs in general in the pop world. So those would be a couple. Awesome. And I yeah. think from the, the sort of music comedy angle, the thing that stands out to me and guys that I think we should, we would absolutely love to collaborate with at some point are, uh, any of the guys that originally started Lonely Islands that uh, have now had such incredible comedy careers. And like, people keep comparing us to a less risque Lil Dicky. Uh, so <laughs> I think a, a collaborative music video with Lil Dicky at some point would be uh, really, really funny between our two sort of brands of comedy. Uh, so that's definitely on the wish list. Uh, I definitely think that we have some crossover in terms of our, our ability to make fun of ourselves. Um, so my, my head always goes to the comedy. Uh, but then I also think that one of the things that Jensen highlighted before is, you know, when we charted on Billboard with Back to the 90s, it really legitimized Ben and Jensen as a hip hop comedy brand that, that has catchy music. Um, and so I think the part of the things that lends itself to our comedy is getting legit artists to collaborate with. Um, you know, our first music video, we had Smyra Gray, who, uh, was a finalist in season one of American Idol. We had Kira Kosserin from Nickelodeon in our, in our arcade retro music video last year. So I think that part of the, the the comedy of what we do is getting legitimately phenomenal singers uh, and musicians involved in our in our projects uh, to contrast with the absolutely absurd visuals and and concepts. I dig it, man. I dig it. So, where can we find you guys on social media before I let you go? Sure. Well, you can find our, our hip hop comedy duo is at everything is just Ben and Jensen. Uh, uh, B-E-N-A-N-D-J-E-N-S-E-N. And then individually, uh, I'm at Ben Giroux on Instagram, B-E-N-G-I-R-O-U-X. And Jensen is J-E-N-S-E-N, Reed, R-E-E-D. Awesome, guys. We're a little more a- active on our individual account, so um, <laughs> if anybody wants to hit us up, you'll, we'll, we'll be there. But, uh, yeah, thank you. Ben, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. Jensen, it's great to finally meet you. Uh, via the phone at least. Uh, thank you so much. I love the video. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't be talking to you guys today because I, I am terrible at blowing <laughs> smoke. But, uh, guys, hopefully we get to get together soon and just, you know, have a viewing party or something. Thanks, really, we really, really, really appreciate it. And, uh, and looking forward to seeing you at the next con. All right. You guys got it, man. Uh, ben and Jen- uh, Jensen at Twitter and Instagram, I assume. Uh, ben Giroux, Jensen Reed, thank you so much. Uh, back to the 80s, back to the 90s. These guys are killing it with the nostalgia stuff and everything else. I can't wait to see what you guys do next. Thank cool. you so Thanks. much. Have a good one. You guys too. Take care. Bye-bye.